Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 111, 111 of the No Podcast. We are No Outside Food or Drink, the Southeast premier video game podcast. Tonight, Nintendo accounts have been hacked. There was a record-breaking Fortnite Travis Scott performance. Whatever Travis Scott is, I'll have to be filled in on that one. Final Fantasy VII Remake sells pretty well. Dates have been announced for two upcoming PlayStation 4 exclusive titles. Red Dead Redemption 2 joins Game Pass, and WWE 2K Battlegrounds has been announced. The successor to PUBG's Battlegrounds. I guess I guess the BG in Battlegrounds is... <laughs> in PUBG is Battlegrounds. I'm Richard Bergman, uh, stumbling through this intro, joined tonight by Cesar Concepcion II. Hello. Yeah, Welcome, I think it's uh, more along the lines of like WWE All-Stars, which I do have a copy of. This is like uh, the NBA Playgrounds. This is their version of that one. Mm, I don't remember what... And it's more like All-Stars, which is kind of like a Ready to Rumble type. Brawler uh, with everybody? I wouldn't say it would be uh, freestyle. I would say it would be more like a Ready to Rumble. Where it's very arcadey, like you can put on an arcade machine, and everybody has special moves that are over the top. You mean like NBA Jam? Similar to that, but not that uh, mundane. It's right. A, like a fighting game, also more, on top of more style to it. We'll get to that. That's at the end. Let's talk about those uh, Nintendo accounts getting hacked. I was one of these people. I had a weird login on my Nintendo history. I'm like, what the hell does this come from? And then it seemed like throughout that day on Twitter, people were talking about, hey, the, some Nintendo Network IDs were affected. And Nintendo finally acknowledged it. It's 160,000 accounts. Well, did they give you an uh, email that you logged in something? Uh, yes, I got an email saying that I had just logged into something. And I started, it jogged my memory. I was like, you know, did they put the 3DS online? Like, what, what could I have just signed into? I just hooked up my Wii U not too long ago. And I was like... Could that have been what it was? But I had gone through that sign-in process already, so I just enabled two-factor and changed my password, so I, I hadn't had any PayPal hits or anything weird like that. You didn't get any notification? No, I've always had a two-form factor. I always use a Google Authenticator. Yeah, that's what I signed up for. This, this was my warning sign. They didn't get anything, so this is my warning, and go ahead and lock it down on everything. Actually, I think I have two-form on everything, so even my yeah. Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. Um, according to The Verge, Nintendo is disabling the ability to log a Nintendo account through a Nintendo Network ID after 160,000 accounts have been affected by hacking attempts. Nintendo says login IDs and passwords obtained illegally by some means other than our service have been used since the beginning of April to gain access to accounts. Nintendo is now recommending all users enable two-factor authentication, and The Verge notes that that's something you should be using for all of your online accounts. So these uh, Nintendo Network IDs were used for 3DS and Wii U, as, as we noted. Affected users will also be notified via email. The company's warning that if you've used the same password for a Nintendo Network ID and Nintendo account, then your balance and registered credit card PayPal may be illegally used at a My Nintendo store or Nintendo eShop. Reports earlier this week suggested some accounts have been breached and people had been using them to buy digital items like bundles of Fortnite V-Bucks. <laughs> Uh, good way to spend money. Don't get any of those Sega Ages games or any of the hamster arcade classics. Don't get anything timeless and <laughs> hard fought by developers. Go get you some of those V-Bucks with your unwell-earned money. Or an incomplete version of uh, Indivisible on the <laughs> shop. 
<laughs> the one that came out with the the, the developer knowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like an old build. Yeah, old build. Yeah. They're like surprised. I, I feel for them. I was going to put that in news, but do we want to go ahead and mention that one? <laughs> I mean, we don't know much about it. We don't even know how it happened yet, other than it happened. So. Yeah, the the uh, developer of Indivisible found out that the game had been released on eShop and at a sale discount uh, without their knowledge. They found out along with everybody else when the launch trailer went up. That's yeah. got to be awkward. I think after the one of the creators was like getting all those Twitter messages of congratulations that the game was out, and he's like, yeah. "You see him holding up his switch like we didn't know either." <laughs> Poor guy. I hate that for him. And it's a like you were saying, it's an old version. Like the key art is different, and they've got several patches since then. Stuff like that it sucks. I think I you got the physical copy at Target, right, on Black Friday when they had it for like fifteen dollars, twenty dollars, something like that. Yeah, I think I'd uh, reconfirm it every couple of months because Target's always like, "You sure you still want this?" Just put it yeah. back because they have like no definite release date, so they just try to cancel orders as much as they can. All right, uh, if you have a 3DS or Wii U Nintendo account, make sure you change that shit. Uh, more than 12 million people attended Travis Scott's Fortnite concert, says The Verge. I did watch some of this um, concert. They've done some of this stuff in the past, like really cool. They have done a concert before, but like really cool events where I think I described one time the mech and the... the ro- it was a mech and like a monster or something fighting each other and destroying the map and stuff like that 12.3 million people concurrent online to watch it it's pretty cool yeah i'm not partaking in any of these types of uh events so i'm not sure and how they look or portrayed so what was neat about this one i noted was that there were like five times that you could sign up to to view the same performance it wasn't like one of their live events where it just happens you know and you have to be online so it was cool that they coordinated several events for people to be able to tune in. And, of course, it's on Twitch and YouTube now. For all those uh, savvy Travis Scott fans. I don't know much about Travis Scott, so I don't know if that's a, if he's a good artist to have on there or good he's influence. A, or The biggest thing I know from Travis Scott is I'm not familiar with his, uh, his, his uh, music. But um, he was with uh, one of the Kardashians. Okay, that that's made him popular. That's awesome. Great yeah. job for Travis Scott. I think the youngest Jenner sister, and he's the one that just had a kid with her maybe about a year ago. Okay, that's what she. That's what he's mostly famously known for. He's famous for that and paying uh, for his children in V bucks. Apparently, he's got lots of V bucks now. So he got paid for his concert. I'm not linking him to stolen uh, eShop accounts, though. Just just his Fortnite collaboration. Uh, speaking of getting paid, Final Fantasy VII Remake shipments and digital sales top $3.5 million in three days. Exceptional digital sales. I know the physical, we talked about this last week, the physical copy's been sold out forever, and you can't get it until like uh, estimated shipping's like end of May for a bunch of major retailers. Yeah, I just see... Uh... I see it on Twitter popping up now that there you can get them from Walmart and Best Buy. They're starting to come through now. Yeah. I didn't, I mean, yeah. I already had my copy, so I didn't check when they were actually going to be shipped, but I, I see now they're available to at least be purchased again. So. Right. 
Oh, Square Enix describes the game's digital sales as exceptional and continuing to increase, according to Japanese outlets such as Famitsu. Final Fantasy VII Remake shipments and digital sales surpassed 1 million in Japan alone since the physical edition shipped 733 copies, 733,000 copies in its first three days. The digital edition should account for at least a quarter of the sales in the country. We'll see if uh, they'll get bit by the remake bug, kind of like Capcom did. Start looking at different games to remake. Hey, the template's there, right? And they've got an engine built, so... Yeah, the engine's very... uh, When I'm going through it now, it's very similar to, like, 13 on uh, some of the level design, the uh, linearity of the game. Yeah. Like, where you have to go through and... A lot of the map is very linear, like 13. It reminds me a lot of like Final Fantasy 13. I just think that the, it's it's better in 13 because uh, I don't think 13 was bad game design. I think it's just bad story pacing altogether. So I think that's what killed 13. Yeah. Because so, this one's paced a lot better. There's some slag in the towards the center of 7 where they kind of do a little uh, padding, which is kind of like a... reminds me of like anime filler, but it's like... <laughs> it's not bad filler where you're like, eh, where it's like, man, I'm about to quit this series, but it's like filler, like, oh, okay, this, I'm all right with this. Yeah. Did you see uh, tying into anime filler? Did you see somebody on Twitter when uh, uh, the president of the United States in the past week had mentioned uh, some sort of ingesting bleach? And uh, someone on Twitter said, do not consume bleach. It's like 400 something episodes, and there are other anime worthy of your time. <laughs> Yeah, it's all that. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter geniuses, man. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. That was well done. Other than the, the whole shock of uh, that whole thing. <laughs> they had people calling in and asking if they can actually take bleach. People are scared, man. They're looking for answers, and that's not the kind of uh, that's not the kind of the kind of messaging that needs to be out there. Sarcastically put out there. In retrospect, I guess. Um, all right, that's probably we're gonna have some more of these sales things for Final Fantasy VII. I think they're gonna be a, I think it's gonna break a bunch of records and stuff. So we'll be talking about that for a little while. And we'll never get the remakes like we want, like uh, six and five. I want five and six. They'll just go by like, oh, let's remake, let's remake four again. It'll be four <laughs> for like the fifteenth time. Yeah. Oh yeah, that you you opened up a tangent for it. We didn't go down it. What? What games would you like to see remade in that same thread? I mean, Final Fantasy wise, it'd be five and six. Uh, I wouldn't mind nine. I wouldn't mind eight. I like eight. Some people are mixed on eight. I definitely would love ten. Okay. Uh, while you're on that note, uh, Trials of Mana came out this past week, and that was that's another 16-bit game that's gotten this treatment. So mm-hmm. that template is there as well. Oh mm-hmm. man, people would go crazy for a six remake or a remake in that vein. I uh, would be. I'm hoping it sells well. I would be fine with a Final Fantasy VI remake done in the Octopath engine. So, me as well. That's a gorgeous game. Anything outside of Final Fantasy? I've messaged you earlier in the week about playing um, Legend of Mana. Uh, Threads of Fate. Uh, any of the Chrono games. I was about to say, what about a Chrono uh, pack with Cross and Trigger together? Would love a remake of Front Mission. Mm. I thought for some reason Front Mission was one of those that pops up every once in a while and just gets remade like that original story, kind of like Star Fox style. They haven't no. been doing that? 
No, it always seems like any front mission games they got now has always been Western developed. The last couple of them. Because I think the last one, I bought three on PS1, and then I think, what did we get? The remake of one on DS? I think that's the first time we got one. Because that one is a Super Famicom game, right? Yeah, we never got two. And I think four came out on PS2. That was the last Japanese developed one, because I think five was the American one. That's the one where Square Enix was doing all their... Yeah. properties in American studios because remember that was the sequel to 12 with that uh, British studio yep four had the like crossed heads at the on the box art right I believe so yeah like two two heads <laughs> parallel with each other but yeah any of those I'll be fine with uh, any of the saga games I mean they got a lot of stuff out in that back catalog yeah but uh, I think that'd be pushing it we'll have to wait and see because they kind of already did uh, Romance and Saga 2 and 3. so They got the Mana games updated. Two poorly done and one well done, apparently. What else from Square Enix in that era? I say Square Enix. It's literally Square. I mean... I, yeah. I almost that. wonder... Go ahead. Well, I mean, also got Dragon Quest games we could do, too. I just don't oh. think we'd do it. Seems like that uh, that guy's very uh, was a UG Horty. It's very uh, peculiar on his uh, franchise. So I really hate that we never got that that uh, Dragon Quest Four PS One remaster. That's like it was like scheduled and started to be localized and everything, and we just never got it. Like I think they had it playable at a, an E three preview or something. Yeah, remember Enix got started up back in the U.S. like way late in the game, so mm-hmm. they got it merged into because they didn't start making PS games until like the end of the console. Dragon Quest Nine took or um, seven, I think seven took so freaking long. Development hell. Speaking of development hell, we finally have uh, launch dates for The Last of Us Two and Ghost of Tsushima. They're going to be June 19th and July 11th, respectively. It's going to be one hell of a summer. We always bitch about nothing to play in the summer. Now we have unlimited things to play in the summer. Summer of fun. Going back to the Square Enix thing. Summer of fun. Summer summer of adventure. I don't remember what it was called. But, uh, yeah, it seems like uh, every game that was going to get May has been pushed back to, like, July or something like that. So summer's already kind of heavy for me. This is good. This gives me time to play Last of Us, hopefully. And then hopefully enough time for us to get Last of Us 2 spoiled. <laughs> what was the story behind that? I didn't. I forgot to put that in the news. Uh, so, I'm an angry developer. I guess somebody who was upset about the crunch, uh, perform like doing crunch development, decided that uh, they were going to take uh, some scenes and take pictures of it and just and spread it online. And then you know how people are. People are trolls, and they just going around and just pop popping them in threads. I was like, I. I I almost got spoiled for me because I saw I was like I was in a regular thread and somebody just posted an image. I'm like, what the heck is that? And I started seeing some of the people in there. I was like, nope, I already I already knew what was happening. I didn't see what happened to them or anything like that. Yeah. So I was like, I just got out of the thread and now I just I'm very careful. So. So I mean, uh, I know a lot of people. I think uh, some people were upset about the development cycle, but they were also upset about who was leaking it out there because it's like, man, they did all that. For some douchebag to come in there and just do that. It's like they're like, if you're upset truly about uh, doing crunch, then you need to organize. Is what the guy was saying. Yeah, 
you over here spoiling the storyline doesn't help your cause and you're disrespecting your other team members who uh, spent all that time to make that game and develop it. So, And you lose your leg to fight on whatever you had, you know, litigation-wise. You I just imagine, shot yourself in the foot. I imagine just burning. I figured at that point they're burning that bridge or they get caught, so they're like, whatever. Yeah, but that's probably some sort of huge NDA violation and everything. I mean, whatever they thought they were going to get, they're probably definitely not getting now, right? If they're even there. I mean, they could have finished the game and then left, you know. Yeah. What are you going to do, fire me? That One of those kind of situations. Like that uh, that damn article I read where somebody, uh, <laughs> forgot who it was, uh, what it pertained to, but somebody was working in IT in Texas and... He basically, uh, he, the day he quit, he like he rewrote the firewalls and just left and just fought, like basically fried everything. <laughs> oh my god! He's and like, then he's like, "Fuck everybody, I'm out of here." Try to maintain the idea that like, "What are you gonna do? I quit already." And when the feds came knocking, there, he's like, "Yeah, you can't do that, buddy. It's a federal crime you did. They had to take him in." <laughs> Tuck his tail between his legs and go back in and fix everything. They didn't even go back and fix it. Yeah, somebody else fixed it. They just they took him to jail. So. Damn. The federal offense. They're like, yeah, you can't do that. It's a no-go. No yeah. sabotage. Security, yeah. They don't play with uh, hacking and stuff like that. So we talked last week about The Last of Us 2 delay. That's It's just three weeks later, from May 29th to June 19th. Yeah, the whole the reason why we brought up the spoilers is because they hadn't released a uh, release date and somebody was doing the spoilers online. And then a lot of people were getting concerned, like, hey, this is not right. Like, we don't even know when the game's coming out and there's people already trying to ruin the story for us. And I think, like, later on that day, they went ahead and announced the release date and tried to get behind and warn people, like, hey, be careful. And yeah, this is you just got to make it until this date. Most people are fine as long as you give them a date. They're like, all right, I just got to be careful until June 16 or 17. So. Yep. Or 26, and then, then you saw the Ghost of Tsushima got pushed back to July 17th, so... Also a three-week delay. So, maybe this will throw a wrench in their plans for the, the PlayStation 5 reveal, because I think the what they were saying in the backgrounds, they were kind of waiting for these games to come out before they went more into the PS5, because they, they didn't want to trample the hype for those games on PS4. They were kind of... Right. I have to close that chapter and then like, okay, here's the next chapter t- situation. Right, as a last hurrah type thing. Versus uh, Microsoft, who doesn't have much this gen, and they were just being more transparent. So, like, a lot of people just want transparency. So, they're like, been more upfront about, like, hey, I mean, you were with us last gen, we got you this gen, you know, and then just like showing everybody what they want to see. So, I'm sure we'll probably see something very soon for them on their first part. So yeah. I'm ready to talk about it, man. I'm ready for it to be some big PS5 blowout, and we just have this 45-minute conversation of excitement and hype and stats and launch titles and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm ready for that point. I mean, you saw the rumors. So, I mean, that official PlayStation magazine in the UK said that there are big reveal uh, issues coming up. So, I mean, yep. if the case, we should be seeing something pretty soon. So. It's supposed to be like a Horizon Zero Dawn sequel with co-op elements and stuff. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. We just don't know how the story is going to turn out because I know I think somebody came back and clarified that said that the sequel, the Horizon Zero Dawn, was not going to take place in the game. I think they were doing the alloys. 
uh, story continues in like comics or something like that. I think that's what they're doing with it. Because somebody has suggested they'd rather play, uh, they don't mind playing Horizon Zero Dawn trilogy, but they want to do a main character each uh, for each game differently. You know? oh, okay. They don't want to melt the same character over and over again. It's a good perspective. Um, I think that's it on that one. Uh, you were speaking on Xbox's plans, kind of easing into the next generation. They're landing a big title for Game Pass. Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out on May 7th. So this time next week, Red Dead Redemption 2 will be out on uh, Game Pass for console. Have to note, Game Pass console. This does not get you Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC. Yeah, I think they said uh, GTA 5 is leaving and Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming in. There is only room for one uh, Rockstar Highlander on the Game Pass subscription bill. Did GTA 5 ever come to the PC Game Pass? No. It was just on the console one, right? Yeah, it seems yeah. like most of the Game Pass games that I've seen on PC, are, uh, they have to have an Xbox or a Microsoft Store version of it. That's where it downloads from. It gotcha. doesn't interface with Steam and... Any other launcher, and I don't, I don't think GTA 5 is in the actual Microsoft Store for PC. I think it's on Steam. They're a Rockstar launcher. Yep. And Red Dead was a wasn't that an Epic Game Store exclusive for a while? Or uh, still is. It was like a red. It was like a Rockstar launcher, and then it went to like Epic Games two weeks later, and then it went to like Steam a month later. I think it's on everything now. Just Steam was the last one it came out with for whatever. That's reason. right. It, it was my birthday. You pointed out it was coming out on my birthday. <laughs> November. Yeah. Um, is that all to note on that one? That's a pretty big get. I mean, I know a lot of people will be burning, uh, burning up some Red Dead. That might be my time to try it out because I haven't bought it yet. I know you were playing the first one on uh, PlayStation Now. Yeah, I'm still chugging away on that one. Uh, last but not least, WWE 2K Battlegrounds. I guess we kind of led the episode with that is an arcade-style wrestling game developed by NBA 2K Playgrounds Studio, I read audio, Studio Saber Interactive. It will launch this fall for unannounced platforms. Uh, yeah. This is from Jamatsu. The last three articles were also from Gematsu. Good old Sal Romano. Yeah, I think this is with, uh, they went ahead and gave an extra year of development for the WWE 2K franchise since uh, the last one had uh, gardening, gardening reviews of uh, greatness. And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they decided to change studio studios mid development, and they wanted to get this one ready. But That's right. It went from Mukes to um, Visual Concepts, right? Yeah, I think they shared development the last couple of years, and then at that point they uh, they broke ties with Mukes because I, I think that Mukes kind of shot themselves in the foot. Because remember, they were getting dicing, talking about they were getting bored doing, it, and they were doing their own wrestling game and try to get competition. Yeah. They made it sound like they were still doing the 2K ones, and all of a sudden 2K came out. It's like, yeah, we're not. We're just doing visual concepts now. So they might have uh, gamed their way out of a license. Uh, is there any other news about that? It'll feature arcade-style action, over-the-top superstar designs, environments, and moves. So we can see in the start of that video, it's The Rock fighting somebody, and uh, it looks like a jungle. I'm assuming it's John Cena. Uh... Okay, I could see that. Yeah. Whether you're a casual gamer just learning the ropes or a passionate fan ready for all the action, WWE 2K Battlegrounds provides another way to enjoy WWE video game action. 
I'm probably more excited about this game than I am about any of the other uh, arcade simulator ones. I haven't played that so, uh, WWE gaming since it's been called WWF. So. When's the last one? Dude, the last one I played was on 64, man. I think I did one on PS2 when they were doing that switch over the, uh, the that generation and they went more uh, simulation and arcade. I that think some of those PS2 ones are still highly regarded, like uh, SmackDown versus Raw, maybe. I played the shit out of the GameCube one with uh, my cousin Renee all the time. We used to have in class. Day of Reckoning? Yeah. Yeah. I remember selling those. I think that those was. Those were good ones? Yeah, those. that's the arcade one. After that is when they went to situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was good because we were always in there just slamming around, getting pissed at each other. Good old GameCube, man. I don't know what wrestler it was. I don't know which particular title it was, but a friend of mine growing up and his older brother, we played the 64 one. And he had this one character, we were afraid of the kick. He would spend all this time like building up the kick, and we would see it, and we would be afraid of it. It's like, oh, no, the kick's coming. Because yeah. it was like a one-hit kill whenever he got you. The kick. It was uh, Shawn Michaels. It's, uh, Is that who it was? Yeah, it's called uh, Sweet Chin Music. Oh, my God. The, the kick straight to the chin. Dude, he would build this thing up, and then if we got anywhere close, we'd be fucking, we'd be out. And he was good with whoever, it, you say this Shawn Michaels character. And it would be the two of us versus him, man. And he handled us every single time, that fucking kick. <laughs> they call him the, the HBK, the Heartbreak Kid. If you ever get a chance to uh, look up his uh, entrance music, it's uh, quite entertaining. It's interesting. Yeah. You'll have to find me a good representation of it and send me a clip. All right, man. That's it for news. I sent you that link to... Uh... Play that uh, entrance music. <laughs> we should probably, we should probably enjoy that live on air, right? Yeah, because we should just die laughing because it was like over the top, overly sexualized music. <laughs> but it's like it's over, it's over the top funny. So entrance and finisher. Oh, this is from the game. Seriously? This is 64, right? Yeah. <laughs> what am I watching? Oh god, this is amazing. Is this the kick? Yeah. Somebody has their special up. Is it him? Yeah. Yak. That's it. That's it. The guy's name was Lee. Lee would take me and Andy out with that thing all the time, man. That was that's a done deal. What was it called? Uh, sweet chin music. Sweet chin music. All right, that should make for pretty interesting audio at the least. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, I went through a phase in the late 90s and then when they called it the WWF Attitude Era where I watched uh, wrestling pretty religiously through high school. After that, I fell off of it. So. Are you going to come back to it or are you going to get the wrestling itch at some point? 
I'll buy this game coming out because I like those type of brawlers. Uh, I don't think I'll day one it unless it's like 40 bucks. I think about it, but like 20, I'm all in. So I didn't give NBA Playgrounds 2 a shot, but I played the first one a pretty good bit. It was like our lunch break game for a while when the Switch was new. It was kind of like a semi-launch alongside the Switch. It was not what I was looking for because that was right around the time you and I were really getting into like NBA Jam. And what's the other one we were playing a lot on that Midway collection? Arch Rivals. Oh, my God. Oh, Arch Rivals. So fucking good. It was it wasn't as good as that, in my opinion. And I'm like, you know, I'm looking at these new flashy graphics in this portable system and it was just off. You know, it didn't play. It didn't play like those games did where you could just pick them up and, and play them. It had all these extra elements to it it just it just didn't feel right but maybe the wrestling is uh maybe the wrestling's a big improvement maybe nba playgrounds 2 was a big improvement i haven't tried it out yeah nor have i so i can't say for certain speaking of games we have played see what i did there yeah i mentioned i hooked up the wii u guess what game i'm playing I'm not taking a look at your list. If it's the Wii U, uh, since there's not many games on there. Yes. Uh, somebody would normally probably guess Mario, but I'm probably going to say Zelda. Um, it's probably going to be some Zelda game. It is the Wind Waker. Well done, sir. <laughs> you just, just narrowed down like what was what was still on Wii U that's not available on anything else yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've already been talking about playing a uh, 3D World previously so the yep. world or something Zelda related I mean if you actually came out and like I've been playing Pikmin 3 I would have been surprised like I never thought of Pikmin 3 or, so I have a free I have a digital copy of Pikmin 3 from somewhere I have no clue did they give us one at some point uh, like I just have a digital code for Pikmin 3 I'm like when did I get this it seems familiar because I think I have one as well from some game I bought when they were doing some kind of promotion that might have been the promo that we got with our deluxe Remember we got the deluxe launch edition? We might have gotten some kind of that's that's probably what happened there. Cause Pikmin 3 was expensive physical for a long time, remember? Until it got the reprint with the greatest hits or the player's choice. Alright, man, so I fired up Wind Waker. So when I jump into a game, I don't usually get very far. Where do you think I met on Wind Waker? You got to the boat. I got the boat. And then I did Dragon Roost Island. And then I went to the Forest Haven with the Deku Tree, and I'm inside that Forest Dungeon. I I couldn't put this game down. I played for like four hours the other night. It's good, man, and that's a beautiful, beautiful last game. We just, need a, we just need a port to modern consoles. I know I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Yeah, I I, I was I've been itching to play this game because I want I want that traditional Zelda feel, you know. And this is one that I never did get very far in. I think on the GameCube, I got to the part where you had to power the Master Sword back up. But I've already, well, my save file for my first playthrough of Wind Waker HD is right after this Forest Temple. So I'm already almost to the point that I, I was at last time. And uh, this might be an unpopular take, but I like playing with the gamepad. <laughs> It, to me, it adds a lot to the the controls and the just the audio sound of the game and everything like that. Like, I have the volume up on the pad and I'm playing with the items and things like that on the pad, and I've got the I've got the main game on my TV, right? Because you can hit the minus button on the Wii U gamepad and switch them. It was that original design of if someone takes the TV, then you just put it on your gamepad and you keep playing from there, right? 
but I really like the the gyroscopic aiming. You know, I got the hook shot, so I can just angle the pad up and, and it shoots, and it's just it's just natural and seamless, like it is in Breath of the Wild when you got the bow and arrow. Um, like I was saying with the audio cues, you know, you open a chest or something, or get a rupee, and you hear it on the gamepad. You the main game audio is on the TV, but then you hear that kind of like they did with the Wii, where uh, you would get the uh, the PS4 controller did it too. Now that I remember that, uh, like early games, you would hear some sounds come out of that speaker on the controller. They still do now. Uh, every time they go through a walkie-talkie in Resident Evil 3, it goes through the controller. Awesome. They awesome. still use a lot of games, yeah. Cool. I hadn't played anything like that in a while that that did... Oh, Death Stranding. Death Stranding did it. I forgot about that. Yeah, any, anytime there's like a walkie-talkie type command, uh, or a phone type thing on there, they still use it. So Very That's cool. That's pretty much what they use it for on what I see game, uh, gameplay-wise. That's probably one of its best uses, but I like that second... Like a, it's like a second screen. It's like a fourth wall breaking type thing, you know, where you you feel more immersed in it with that audio. I like those touches. But uh, Wind Waker's good, man. It's a different type Zelda game. The most recent one I've played has been Breath of the Wild, and it's fun going back to the the dungeons and the keys and getting the item and using that item and just that Zelda that rhythm, you know. That old formula. Yep. I know yep. Wind Waker's your favorite one. It is still my favorite one. Yeah, I think the only one I haven't beaten yet is the the uh, the Swords of the Skywards. So the only that one, one could be next, but even that one's noted for deviating from the the traditional structure. You know. Yeah, I think that's it, when they were starting to do uh, experimentation with that, that uh, genre. So. Yep. I think Wind Waker would be way easier to port to Switch. I don't think it'd be a whole lot to... Well, because it, it in and of itself is a GameCube port, so... I mean, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess would be easy enough with the yep. anniversary coming next year for Zelda, so um, hopefully that'll happen. Maybe we might get surprised and they might actually do a Skyward Sword 1 and, re, and redo it. Wouldn't turn it down. More Zelda's uh, not a bad thing. I mean, they gotta do something, because, I mean, they got next-gen consoles coming out, so they gotta keep people playing, so... Yep. Keep that engagement up. We talked last week about MPD and them selling the hell out of switches, so they're out there. It's kind of like the the perfect time right now. So I mean, I just read that article from uh, Bill Spencer about uh, how gaming has just grown over the last couple of weeks. He said for all the wrong reasons. He wished it wasn't this, but right. he's, he's kind of excited. A lot of more people are getting into gaming now. Uh, I'm I'm going to be interested to see what their Game Pass numbers are the next time they unveil some of that stuff. So I'm telling you, man, people sign up for Game Pass, you know, sitting around, what can I play that's new? And I'm sure, you know, I'm already subscribed to it, so I may not get the blitz, the media blitzes and the emails and things like that for it. But I'm sure it's front and center on the dashboard like, hey, here's 100 plus games you could play right now. Just download your system. Along with all the free content like Epics and, you know, some of the other media streaming platforms, Apple Plus we talked about last week. Man, Did you we- enjoy? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Now, we already saw the, the numbers come in for the new Trolls film, so I think they made $90 million from Video On Demand. Really? The first week or two is similar to the movie theaters, where it was it was, it was uh, big enough for, because apparently uh, the way that it works is that when that movie comes out in the movie theaters, it's a 50-50 split from the studio and the distributor from the movie okay. channel. Uh, when they did this Video On Demand, they got their cut with 80%. So Universal was so pleased with it. They were like, we might start doing this for other movies too, day and day. <laughs> uh, coming out of the movie theaters and then do it on demand. 
Yeah. And AMC just came back and they're like, we're not playing any more Universal movies in our theaters. They just banned them outright. Oh shit! Yeah, they like they they jumped the gun and went straight to it. And I think uh, the movie association in Europe was like uh, not very pleased with uh, the way Universal says. And Universal came back and they kind of like said they were taken out of context. And then the Academy Awards already came out and says, yeah, this year they made an exception for like streaming movies to be eligible for uh, Best Picture because of the situation. Yeah. They said next year, once everything uh, starts to go more towards normal, they said that will not be the case. You, it will have to, be, your movie will have to premiere. I think their guidelines is in LA. Um, uh, they made an exception this year. You can do uh, premiere movies in streaming in LA, okay. New York, Boston, Chicago, and Atlanta. Depending on the region, depending on uh, which movie theaters are open. So hey, you, we made the cut. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, technically, uh, as of Monday, we can movie theaters can open. None of them have, but so. I'm just shaking my head. Back to uh, Wind Waker. Just another thing I noticed. I don't remember there being this many things to do, like out on the ocean, like. People complain about sailing in the GameCube, and I still don't have the fast sail yet, but there's, like, so much to do out in the ocean. You can sail in between the, the barrels to get rupees. There's treasure maps to find. you got to find the fish in each square and, like, get your treasure map filled out and get the island charted. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff to do in that world. It's not it's not empty like, um, you know, Ocarina caught flack for having kind of an empty hub world, but it definitely doesn't feel like that. Yeah, I hunted a lot of treasure in the open waters when I played my game, too. So. Yep. I've gotten every, you know, Dragon Roost Island is north of where the Forest Haven is, and there's like four squares in between there. And I, I ran out of bait the first time, but at the Forest Haven, Beetle was there. So I got a little bit more bait in my bait bag and went back up to the square I missed and got the got that chart there. Because the fish is pretty obvious, you know, he's jumping up in the air, and you throw bait out, and then he'll give you the chart for that island and that square and, and tell you where the treasure's at, too. Yeah, I think or, my favorite. My favorite aspect of that whole game is the story still, because I think uh, when you find out who uh, the boat is and then um, you find out some of the other characters' backstories and mm-hmm. you find out like that whole world is made of water, but there's no Zoras. And you, you find out what happened to them. and Yeah, which, how they but, evolved from that, that warped timeline. Uh, They've already met. I met the uh, the flying people, the Rito people, mm-hmm. and they are the old Zoras. They evolved into birds. It's like they came out of the water, and the I just met the Kokoroks, the guys in the Forest Haven, and they used to be hum, uh, the Deku tree specifically says they used to be human form. Yep. And now they're like seeds of the of the forest, and that's the old Kokiri from the Ocarina era. So it's a lot of cool callbacks and like music tones. You'll hear those same themes. Um, that first island they send you to, where you get to sail, Windfall Island. It's the Kakariko theme. And I've played this game how many times, you know, I've started here and there. I've probably made it to the island almost every playthrough. But this is the first time I could hear that Kakariko theme playing in the background. It's like, hell yeah. Noticing subtle things like that. This is a, this is a more f- like a funny, I don't know if it's like a, an anime or cartoon. Um, I guess that analogy is too easy. But like there's some things they do with Link, like when the pirates shoot him onto the Forsaken Fortress, he gets in this barrel and they count down before they launch the barrel over into the thing. And it's like you see his face during the countdown. And I don't know if you'll see anything like that in any of the Zelda game where it's where the comedy shines through. Yeah, he's a more animated character. Yeah, 
he does real funny stuff. Like um, one of the items they gave him, and he's like, he's holding up the item, like he's celebrating. Da 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 da. And then the character's talking to him, and he just like cuts out of that same pose and like drops his, he drops his hand like after he's like he was just celebrating for no st- stupid reason, and then the character's still talking to him. He just walks over. Kind of funny how they weave that stuff in there. Wind Waker's a good ass game, man. I'm, I'm digging it. I know this temple takes me a little bit longer than that uh, that original, the Dragon Valu one did, but it's fun to play and it's beautiful and it sounds great. God, it sounds so good. Uh, the other game I played was Halo: The Master Chief Collection. Uh, I got in a couple nights of this, but last, I guess it was last Saturday night. I've got a, a friend and coworker, friend of the show, Jeremy. Um, he's also been in quarantine, but we actually set up two Xboxes down here because he had never played. You know, he plays Halo with us on the original Xbox. He doesn't own an Xbox One, and he'd never played Master Chief Collection. So I updated um, one of my other Xboxes, and we set them up side by side with enough social distancing. And we just we threw the queue in with all the objective based games. So, like I had to, I had talked to the, I had talked to him before about what the game was, but. I guess until you experience, like, you go through the matchmaking and the playlist and all that, you don't really, you don't really, it doesn't really, like, dawn on you what this game is. So, like, we literally went from Halo Reach uh, back to 2, and then we did 4, and then we did Combat Evolved, like, the original, and then we did the regular Halo 2, and then we did, um, like, an ODSC map or one of those Combat Evolved maps and went with that and just... Like all these game modes and stuff that were so varied, and he's like, "This is amazing. It's just, it's just nonstop Halo." Halo and we stayed in that. Go ahead. Halo sixty-four. Halo sixty-four. <laughs> all the way back to that one, and we just stayed in that queue, man. And it threw us all kind of different. Like uh, we had King of the Hills, we had uh, snipers only, we had all kinds of stuff, and it was just, you know how it is. You played Master Chief Collection a bunch, and. It's just like map after map after map, and it's fun. You never know what's coming up, and it, it stayed fresh, and it's like different people that ended up with us. I did get uh, my first Xbox Live hate mail in a while. <laughs> I hadn't gotten that in quite some time. I came in last on our team, but we won, so I was like, all right, I contributed. So we're in the queue for the next map, and I get a, I get the pop-up message thing. So-and-so sent you a message. I'm like, all right, cool. Maybe it's like a frame request or something. So I pull up that screen and it says, uh, this this message may contain sensitive material or something like that. I'm like, oh God, what what I do? I came in last. What what could I have possibly done to piss this person off? Like, did I hunt them down? Like, I don't look at people's names. I don't, I don't have like any vendettas or anything. It's it's an online shooter. It is what it is. Yeah. So I'm like, sure, I'll fucking read it. This will make my night. I got somebody here to laugh at it with me, right? It's gonna be it's gonna be funny no matter what. Like and it was just a. You're trash, blah blah blah. No, he said. Uh, he said something along the lines of, um, "They really carried your ass," or "You're lucky you're on a good team. They carried your ass," or something like that. So it flagged ass as a uh, as sensitive material. But uh, a friend of the show, Jeremy, is currently shopping for Xboxes. I'm trying to loan him that original one that you and I got on Black Friday so many years ago. But uh, I think he's going to look for one for himself. He signed up for Game Pass, and I think I talked him into – he has an Android phone, so I mentioned uh, Project X Cloud to him. You get a lot more games on Android than just the Master Chief Collection on iOS. So I think he's going to try to download that and give it a shot. So we might have some more We might have some more feedback on what he thinks of it. 
a lot Maybe of next uh, show or in a couple more shows. A lot of good sales on Xboxes right now since they're getting ready for the next gen. So I'm sure you'll find something. That is true. I'm trying to talk him into I, I, the new system's coming out in like six months. I'm just trying to talk him. Into, hey, borrow this one until we do like a land party for Master Chief Collection. I don't need the four or five Xbox ones I have. You can take this one and hook it up and play. Because he got the, uh, you know, you can get your first month uh, Game Pass Ultimate for a dollar. That That's like a an ongoing uh, promo. So he just signed up for that. And I already had Master Chief Collection downloaded. So it was easy to just fire up and play. We played for probably, we played for probably four or five hours. I got up, uh, I got up and went to the bathroom at one point. And I was coming back. And I, was, I looked at my watch. I was like, damn, last time I looked at the watch, it was 11 o'clock. I was like, it's, it's 1.15. And he bolted up. He's like. It's one fifteen. How? It's just, you know how it can be that that time sink. Mm-hmm. You just lose hours of your day to just Halo, man. So, really good experience. They've that game was clunky as hell. I know we were there at the beginning, and it was it was jank horrific. But they've done they've done a lot of work improving that thing, and it seems to be a huge player base. We never like we were never in a queue for maps for very long. Do you remember when we first started with PUBG? How long we'd sit, we'd sit in those lobbies waiting to connect? Yeah, when it first came out, forever. Yep. And when it was in the early access. It was. Yeah, that's right. We got it as an early access game, wasn't it? Yep. I think we jumped on it for 20 and I think whatever the final price was going to be. And I think what was it, like 29 We ended up saving like 10 bucks or something like that. Yeah. And our progress carried over. But it was in early access for like a year, it seems like, before mm-hmm. PUBG 1.0 came out. Uh, Wind Waker and Halo Master Chief Collection. I'm playing some pretty good quality titles, sir. How about you? Um, nothing much this week. I mean, mine's been continuing the Final Fantasy VII. I brought it up a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do. Uh, I'm at the very end of the game. I do like the changes they have in there. Um, I'm enjoying the battle system. Uh, they're very challenging. Uh, not hard enough for I lose, but it does. Uh, there are some battles that. Require a lot of strategy, let's put it that way. <laughs> You can't I'm, just go in there hacking and slashing. you got to think about what you're doing. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to going through and playing on hard mode. So uh, The only outside thing of hard mode is that you can't use items, in, which sucks when you need to uh, replenish your MP. So How does that work? Uh, I mean, you can't use items, and there's uh, benches in the game, so you use a bench to kind of replenish your HP and MP when you don't have an in. Um, they don't charge you for the bench. So Okay. You can use items, I think, outside of battle, if I'm not mistaken. You just can't use it in battle. Uh, there are some aspects in that game where you have to do, like, uh, battle simulations and, like, uh, Shinra's battle simulator, and you can't use items in those. Or in the Coliseum, you can't use items in those, so there's already hints of that. Um, but a lot of it is uh, I just usually rely on my abilities and whatever MP I do have, I use strictly for healing. Okay. Uh, fuck the Tom. Is that, what you, is that what you need it for most of the time anyways, is healing? Okay. Yeah, fuck the Tomberry because I did the the side quest with the Tomberry and that guy's a dick. So yeah, it was one hit kill. I mean, there was a time when my, like I was down to just me rolling around and both my party members were just slashed over dead. <laughs> I almost didn't make it. I was like, man, it was fuck the Tomberry, man. It's not good for uh, audio podcast, but I was making knife stabbing motions at Cesar Tomberry style. If they know, everybody knows what the Tom Barry is. It's just, yeah. <laughs> slowly, but he'll kill your ass. So. There's another badass Final Fantasy. Oh, it's the Cactar. Cactar yeah, will fuck you up, too. 10,000 needles or whatever the shit. Yeah. It's up to 1 EP uh, for uh, each needle. It's a fucking instant kill. 
It is. But no, it's just uh, I, I just got to your boy uh, Red Thirteen. He's uh, done very well in this game. So yes, love me some Red Thirteen. And his uh, his music theme is uh, Cosmo Canyon. So how's this rendition of it? Really good. Oh, the soundtrack's really good. It's, it, it soundtrack's good enough for me, and where I went ahead and just went and, and I paid seventy bucks for the CD. So okay, I was like, yeah, let's go. So worth it. Yeah, because uh, the record, the LP one, I bought the LP one, but I don't think I'll ever listen to it, so I'm probably just going to frame those. So I if figured, you don't, if you don't mind them being played at least once, I can make backups. I can record those, uh, those vinyls. I would love to hear them. So there's a catch. They um, go read the reviews on Amazon because they have that printed design on the the record labels. Yeah, that the sound is horrible. No. Because the, the ink or whatever they use to put the designs on there is too thick. So it's like it's very noisy. So the reviews on there is horrible. It's like one and two star reviews. So I just I just like, well, I guess I'll never play it. I'm just going to frame it. Because like Damn. if you look at it, they said the sound quality is bull. And it's, they said it's because of the, the labeling on the records. What a letdown. Yeah. That's why they were popping back up on Amazon and dropping a price already. So. I was wondering why I'd seen it down to 55 already. Shit. Yeah, go look at the reviews. I didn't even open mine. I'm glad I didn't. I was like, because uh, I thought about maybe buying another one so I can just get the old school PlayStation version and then the remake version and doing framing it. But yeah, it's uh, music wise, it's not the not the one to get. They said, damn it. Yeah. They will maybe, not. Be- maybe it'll get reissued without the fancy ink on there. So I just went ahead and got the seven CD set. So. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it. That helps me out. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. Get a good deal on them. Uh, I would, if you get them, you would get them as a, a display item, in my opinion. I don't think you would actually listen to them because like, the reviews on there tore into them. So. Constant soft grinding noise that's fully audible during the quiet parts. That, in addition to the very occasional pop that's to be expected of picture discs. The quality of the music itself is atrocious. Low bass, crap dynamics, very much subpar overall. Ugh. No. Yeah, I think, right. I think they said, yeah, I think it's just the labeling on there is what they uh, attested to it. So. Damn it. Too thick. Very cool collector's piece. It sounds like that's about it. Don't yep. listen to it as an audio file. What I'll, what I'll keep it at, I'll, I'll just buy the CD version. But the CD version's already sold out in the Square Enix store. And then uh, I was lucky because on Twitter, somebody's like, yeah, the, somebody had mentioned, like, yeah, I bought the CD one. And they're like, well, how did you get it? They were sold out in the Square Enix store. It's out of print already. And, yeah. Uh, I saw that uh, somebody mentioned, like, yeah, I bought it from Amazon Japan, so I jumped on there and got an Amazon Japan, and now it's sold out and out of print in Amazon Japan. So Cool. So I'll have you a- got it just in time. Yeah. But uh, and I think it was cheaper for, on Amazon Japan than it was in the Square Enix store because it was like $77.77 on the Square Enix store. It was all sevens. I think I paid like 60 bucks on the Amazon Japan. But yeah, the store-wise... Savings. Story wise is way better. Uh, I do like the pacing a lot. They and I mentioned that before in the last po- podcast that we recorded that um, a lot of the stuff we got story bits in the third or second disc later on in the story with the uh, clouds development they intertwined it in the very beginning of this game and it flows way better. Uh, I'm very curious on how it's going to be very different towards the end of the game because that whole bit where you kind of went through and did everybody's backstory in the first first two discs and then you kind of do clouds last. After you get that twist, 
they kind of reincorporate everybody's story because you get you get Eris' background story like right then and there. Like you go more detail about the ancients and everything, like immediately. Wow. They're, they they did like I don't want to give away too much, but there's like a, remember that that uh, Halo uh, that one we had an NDA we can't talk about for the the new Halo. Where they yes. Kind of that that little 3D type room where they kind of go around and they you go see the thing on there. Yes. There's a bit in the game where they in Shinra for whatever reason I won't explain what happens, but there's a bit in the game where they take you to that type of projection room and their their characters are flashed around and showing the agent's lifestyle and. And how they lived, and where they got their uh, energy, and how they build the material. And I was like, "Holy shit! I would play this Final Fantasy." It's like it was enough to show like different characters and environments, and there's airships, like Final Fantasy VI, and it was like old school Final Fantasy. Dude, was, that's amazing. Yeah. So I mean, there's a, there's a, this game is this is definitely one of my games on the top of my list, man, for the year. I love this game. That is amazing. So like there there's more and more in the backstory. Uh, they kind of intertwine it and it flows way better. Uh, so I'm very interested in what they'll take it next. I haven't gotten I'm at the very end now where everybody talks about the twist is very uh, bonkers. The ending for this game is bonkers. So I'm, I'm getting there. Instead, it's uh, out of nowhere and it's very different. So Okay. Interested to see what your take is on it. We'll see. I'll, I don't want to give away too much because I'll let you uh, experience it as I go through. It's... it's uh, it's good. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, outside of that, I did a show we, before we did the recording for the podcast. I had some import games come in, and uh, one of them was a Little Town Hero, which was that uh, Game Freak game that came out on the uh, Nintendo Switch, I think, last year, around fall, right before Pokemon did. Yep. Uh, and this one got ported over to uh, PS4. Um, I went ahead and picked that up and started playing that one. Uh, I never played the Switch one. Because uh, I think I, the Switch one was like, for us, was like 29 It was digital, and I think I bought that physical for $29. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's a physical version for the Switch coming out later on this year, too. So, but uh, I, That I, threw me off, because I was excited. That was like my game of the Direct, whatever Direct it was in. I was super excited for it. Yeah. And then when it came out and it was digital only, I was like, this is like a full-fledged title. How come we're not getting an actual release of this? Like, yeah. it, it almost looked like a free-to-start game. Now we are, so... Uh, yeah, physical copy coming out next month, I think. So, um, outside of that, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It looks well. It's uh, it's cell shading. Uh, it's very quirky. Uh, got that uh, tongue and cheek humor type situations where you're a kid who's stuck in this town and they have this giant castle that's kind of blocking the the exit of the town, and it's like uh, nobody's ever allowed to leave the village, and he's just trying to find out ways to break into the castle so he can just leave the town. So he ends up running into this old soldier who's uh, going to kind of like train him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going to show him how to get out of town, but it's going to like train him. It's like a, one of those uh, you help me, scratch, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine type of situation. Because right. he got that soldier kind of got like kicked out of the castle. They're like, well, go defeat a bunch of monsters and you can come back. And the, the soldier's like, well, look around. There's no monsters for me to defeat. So it's like, I can't come back. So it's like, if I train you, can you at least tell them, like, hey, yeah, he vanquished all these monsters, and so they can lay him back in the castle. But uh, that's about as far as I got, is they're going over the mechanics of the battle system, and the battle system is very similar to what it reminds me, they, they call them, like, Izzets, which uh, looks like an idea, so you can't, you don't, it's, the battle system is like, a, it has an overlay, kind of like a Paper Mario, where you have that character there, and you have, like, these little buttons here, 
And the buttons is like a reminds me of like a card based type game where you have a certain number uh, attributed to your attack and a certain number attributed to your defense, and your enemy has the same thing on the other side in there. So you, you get these edges where you dream, dream up these different ideas for different attacks, which would be like a rocket punch or unarmed attack or sword attack. And each one will have a pertaining different uh, attack or defense ability towards it. And then you have to pertain and match it to the other side of that enemy. So if um, okay. you fire attack than theirs and you use your attack on theirs, you'll break their idea. And they can't use that attack anymore. And so they have to come up with something else in their like, card deck. Quotations around card deck, but it's not a card deck. Do you build that? Do you build that deck? Do you build that set of moves, or is it like predetermined before the battle? How do you how do you add or strategize like, that? You no, know, you build it based off the ideas, like they call the is it. So you have to think them up, and it's like a, it's a random attack they'll give you. It's like a pull. Oh. It's nothing you need to build outside of the battle system. It's all within the battle system. Okay. So it's kind of like the you have to outlast your enemy. So once you take care of all their ideas or cards. Uh, then you're able to do like it's very Yu-Gi-Oh style. Then you can just do direct attacks on the enemy and just beat them. So it does require some strategy because um, you can't just manually just go in there and attack because they've used up all your high-level cards and they got higher-level cards later on or higher-level ideas later on. Then you're going to get decimated. So I got you. So it does require some uh, thought uh, thought process on there. So that's about as far as I got. I just kind of fired it up. I haven't gotten really that far with it. I think um, I was playing that, and then I forgot to put that on my list. I apologize. Uh, Trials of Mana. I got maybe about three hours in Trials of Mana. Okay. Uh, that's that's a good ass game. Um, I'm already at the. I'm already gotten out of the town where I'm trying to locate the sorcerer who kind of beat the shit out of me, and <laughs> and so I'm at the first town where like all these like uh, where monsters are there, and where I'm trying to figure out a way to escape. And I met the other three characters that are going to be part of my team in there already. So the way I don't know how I've never played this game before outside of maybe a little bit on the the mana collection on the Switch. Outside yep. of that is you have the you choose one main character and then you choose uh, out of your main characters you can choose two additional ones as your side characters that accompany you on your quest. So I imagine that if you go through each one you get a different bit of the story. So I met those two additional side characters that are hiding out in the same town I am, and they're I can't they're all trying to plot to escape. They haven't actually formed their team yet, so I think that's what they're leading towards right now. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all I've been playing this week. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work, so I've had a. Uh... You and me both, sir. That uh, the Wii U I hooked up is actually in my office. So on breaks, I usually take a shower real quick and and eat some food real fast, and then uh, I plop down there with the gamepad and get to it. Yeah, I think my break one is uh, if it's not Animal Crossing, which I I'm not gonna break up because it's just me right now. Just collecting fossils and selling shit. I'm not really doing anything anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's playing the Red Dead Redemption on PlayStation now, and I think I'm at the... I'll go more detail once I get further, because I think the last part where I stopped that is right when I got to uh, their version of Mexico, and I'm about to go do that again. So I'm actually about to get to the part where I'm going to see something different for once. Because so, I do want to play Red Dead Redemption 2, even though that game is a prequel. But there's certain bits in that game that they call back that reference to the first one, even though it's a prequel that you'll go into there. And I think when I talked to one of my coworkers at work, he said that it really made it for him. He said, he said, Oh, he said that end game on the Red Dead Redemption two. It's like, if you ever played the first one, he's like, he said it's worth it. So, right. Identifying with those characters. Cause you know where they're going to end up going. 
But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, yeah, cool, man. That might be it for us this week. Um, The plan currently is to we'll have our first, very first uh, guest on the No Outside Food or Drink podcast for episode one twelve next week. Tentatively scheduled. You'll have a, a fresh voice to have in your ears. So we'll see how that. Do what? Get that flavor in your ear. Flavor in your ear. Flavor in your ear. Flavor in your ear. We'll try it out and see how it goes. And uh, maybe we open up in the future to a guest here or there. Yeah, a lot of our uh, a lot of our podcast heroes uh, have done uh, a guest chair from time to time. And we're kind of excited about testing that out. Mm-hmm. And if it goes well, then it's something we'll, we'll probably we'll not do it all the time. But it's something we'll probably pop in here and there to keep things fresh. So we're looking forward to it. Pretty excited. So it's always fun to, you know, we started off with four of us, so it's always fun to have other opinions and other thoughts to bounce things off of and, and kind of fill in the gaps. Not that I mind talking to you every week. I could do this every week and it, it'd be the two of us, but it's always fun to have uh, other opinions and, and other viewpoints thrown in there too. So we're, we're trying to broaden a little bit as far as that goes and, and just bring some new perspectives. Oh yeah. If you end up not liking it, let us know. Let us know by emailing us, nofodcast at gmail.com, or send us something hateful. Don't send us something hateful. On Twitter, Instagram, we're nofodcast on both of those. And we'll eventually check it at some point. <laughs> I get, I check, the emails come through, but it's always when people like the thing on SoundCloud, or we get the the random person who's like, hey, I just noticed your, your sick hot track. I'd like to sign you up for one of our SoundCloud promos. And it's always the same message. They just change the name at the start of it. And I'm like, no. It's like uh, they did it. Um, have you seen the new Bad Boys, Bad Boys for Life? Mm-hmm. They did a bit where they were like trying to, because, you know, they're old school and they're working with like a new school team. So they did this whole bit where like the new school team's trying to show them the ropes and stuff like that. And I think the they were trying to search photos to find this person. And the guy's like, and I think, you know, Will Smith or I, can't, I think Will Smith's character is like, I can't. Like, if we get past all these random dick pics, then maybe we can find the person we're looking for. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know? they, you know, they're old school. They're, you know, they're not like, they're like, what the hell's happening? It's like, this old, they're like, oh, I don't see these dick pics. I'm not seeing anything of the person we're looking for. <laughs> That's great. You know, they, uh, it's like real world situations that a lot of people go through. Right. This is what we encounter. This is detective work now. You're going to have to look past uh, genitalia for a couple screens. I remember because we follow a lot of people on Twitter and gaming wise, and whatever happens right when the core team started, uh, somebody was going on there on our Twitter on those Twitter feeds putting dick pics, and I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> they were just replying in the threads with them. I was like, what the? F-? There was one with a uh, KFC were like make uh, <laughs> KFC UK. I was like, I was like, I was sitting there going for whatever reason. I somehow got on there. They were like, show us uh, your best reinterpretation of our chicken, where they're like telling because their stores were closed in the UK. Yeah. Somebody did a story bit on like Yahoo, like, hey, this guy is using social media trying to bring people up. They're like, hey, make your own chicken, take a picture of it, and I'll rate it. That's what the guy did. So I was going through his thread where he was rating it like seven out of ten. Somebody did one where they wrapped their their penis around their balls and it made <laughs> like a sandwich. And the, guy, <laughs> and the guy's like, thank God I'm not at work. He's like, I have this on my home oh, my uh, home PC. <laughs> That's what the official KFC Twitter said. <laughs> Somebody put a cockball sandwich on there, and I was dying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was like, I was like, what is happening with Twitter? Because I was like, <laughs> it's like, it's just like random everywhere. It's like people were brave and just throwing in their replies. And I'm like, oh my god. 
I don't think I can name this episode title Cockball Sandwich. I don't think it works that way. BB Sandwich? <laughs> All right. I know what it's going to be anyways. <laughs> All right. You ready to wrap this thing up, sir? It's already yeah. a day late and a dollar short. Yeah, let's knock it out. All right. You can find this podcast every Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday on uh, iTunes. Um, Spotify. The Google Play Store. Stitcher. SoundCloud, our host. Overcast. And iHeartRadio. Or any place that hosts an RSA feed. Let us know where you find us. I'm still Let waiting. Let us know. We'll send you something. Any of our... We've had, uh, we've had like 150 plays since we put that out there. So somebody reach out to us. Anybody. We will not send you a picture of a cockball sandwich. <laughs> that will not be your prize. We promise. We do have a couple of, uh, we were given some guest reviews by an uh, old friend of the show, Skippy. Uh, he wrote those a couple weeks ago, and we, we just haven't had time to work them in. I think uh, it, it might be a good one of working in with our special guests, get some uh, different uh, perspective. Maybe It uh, could be, because we've kind of talked our, do what now? Maybe they played those games, because I, I know you may, you may have played a little bit of the games that he reviewed. I played a good bit of them, so... We've made references to them, but it will be good to hear some viewpoints of that franchise from somebody else. That is a good point. We'll, I'll bring that up to them. All right. Uh, we got to get this thing edited and posted, so we'll go ahead and get on out of here. Uh, look forward to having that special guest hopefully next week. And uh, thank you for joining us this week. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Adios. started a recording did you get the notification <laughs> just now i love this message avoid legal snags by telling people they're being recorded <laughs> would you like to try to get out of it doesn't give me the option <laughs> like <laughs> recording it doesn't say decline the legal snags <laughs> richard's recording the call now <laughs> just embrace the legal snags yeah